Welcome to the Leadership Download Podcast. Today, you are in store for another great interview. Um, in today's interview, we bring on Todd Henry as we discuss one of his books, Die Empty, Unleash Your Best Work Every Day. I had the opportunity to meet Todd Henry at a NBAA leadership conference that was held a few months ago in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, this is where Todd Henry spoke about this topic. So we took some time uh, briefly to uh, get his thoughts on how to unleash your best work every day. Uh, to tell you a little bit about Todd Henry, Todd Henry is a world renowned speaker and he prides himself in being an arms dealer for the creative revolution. So he teaches organizations and leaders how to establish practices that lead to everyday brilliance. Um, you've probably seen him at the stage of Catalyst and also the Global Leadership Summit. Uh, he's the author of five books um, and have, they have been translated in various language to help spread his message across the globe. He also has a podcast, The Accidental Creative, which receives uh, more than 15 million downloads. Um, you can find out more about Todd Henry at toddhenry.com. Uh, so I really hope you enjoy this podcast interview with Todd Henry. Well, Todd, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on our, our podcast today. Cameron, it's so great to chat with you again. I can't believe it's been it's been a while since we connected at the event in Charlotte, but it's uh, really good to hear your voice. Yeah, I really enjoyed your talk and uh, your time that you took to talk about how to unleash your best work every day. And I'm actually going through a book right now that was provided at the leadership conference. So, you know, this is one of the challenges I think that um, in leaders are having and also uh, workers and employees is how to unleash your best work every day. Because uh, I know even for myself, sometimes it can get really repetitive on a, on a daily basis. It, it can. And, you know, I think also it's important to address the fact that that phrase, unleash your best work every day might elicit an eye roll from people because, you know, I mean, we're tired, right? And we've got a lot on our plate. We've, um, you know, many of us are still a little bit unmoored in the, you know, sort of post-COVID era. Um, and, you know, we want to do great work, but we also feel tired. We feel exhausted. We feel overwhelmed, uh, some of us in, in many ways. And then I, I think also it's important to reclaim the meaning of work, uh, when we talk about work, I'm not just talking about your job. I'm talking about any place in your life where you add value. So if people hear, you know, unleash your best work every day and they, they roll their eyes, you know, and they think, oh boy, you know, you just want me to work, you know, 12 hour days or 14 hour days and and never take a break or whatever. No, I'm I'm talking about any place in your life where you add value or meaning uh, of, of some sort. So, you know, that, that can be with your family, that could be the value you create with your family. It could be the value you create in your community as a citizen, or with your friends, or you know how you treat the barista at Starbucks when you get your coffee in the morning. Right, all of that is part of that body of work. Now, of course, the biggest part of it is our time we spend at our jobs, just because that's the biggest chunk of hours that most of us spend every week. But um, it's not just your job that is a, that is your body of work. Your your job is just one part of that portfolio. Yeah, Todd, you know, our audience is uh, young professionals, students, and people of the younger generations. And I know this is one thing that I had a challenge 
with early on in my leadership is really stepping out of your comfort zone. And I know you talked about this in your book and in your talk. Um, what what can you unpack what this means and how we can step out of our comfort zone? Yeah. So, the, you know, this phrase, step out of your comfort zone is nothing new. Um, you know, th there's a, a quote that I use in the book. Um, I think it's by Andre Gilde, who says, um, everything has been said before, but we have to keep repeating it because no one is listening, right? It's something like that. And, I, you know, we all know that in order to get better at something, we have to step out of our comfort zone. We know that that's not a surprise to us, but the way that we do that is really important. Um, the mechanism that we use. So for example, with, with younger professionals, most of us start our career and develop our basic chops in our career by emulating other people, by copying other people. Um, you know, we we have a particularly effective boss, maybe, and we just kind of mimic what our what our manager does, and that's how we kind of develop our basic our basic chops, our basic skills, uh, and and that is a shortcut to getting results, but it's not a shortcut to building a body of work that is unique to us or that we are. Uh, able to build a reputation on. At some point, we have to move beyond just copying other people. We have to put our own intuition into the work, which means taking risk. It means stepping out of our comfort zone. It means expressing points of view that may not always be popular, but but doing it in a tactful way, but putting that point of view into the world. And this is what I call divergence phase of growth. And this is a really wonderful and also terrible phase of growth because in divergence phase, we become known for a thing. We become known for something unique that we bring to the table, which is great, but that's also a terrible thing because what happens when you become known for something? You begin to protect that thing at all costs. You begin to circle the wagons and sort of protect your turf. And sometimes you stop growing, you stop evolving, you stop looking for new ways to add value because you've discovered something that, um, that you know, you're, you're being recognized for. So as a young professional, the trick, the key really is to commit to perpetual growth and innovation on, on a personal level and not to just circle the wagons, not to get complacent, not to grow comfortable with where you are, but to continue up that growth curve, learning new skills, adapting, evolving, because if you're not evolving, I mean, we're all seeing this right now with the advent of, and, you know, many people have been watching this as, as I have for a number of years now, as it's kind of been slowly coming on and then boom, all of a sudden we're being hit with all of these AI technologies. Um, you know, if you haven't adapted and learned how to use these technologies effectively, or if you're not committed to doing that, you are going to be way behind everyone else and you're eventually going to become irrelevant. You're going to have to figure out how to use these technologies as a different kind of mind, as Kevin Kelly calls it, in order to compete. Um, so that's just one example. You know, it's not comfortable, but we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone in order to continue to grow if we want to build a body of work we can be proud of. Otherwise, we'll just settle in. We'll settle in halfway up the, the rugged mountain, which is the meaning of mediocrity, medius ochris, halfway up the rugged mountain, we'll just settle in as everybody else passes us by. Yeah. And another element you talk about is truly being honest to yourself with yourself. And I think this is especially critical for young people. And I know I had this experience where I was moving up the ladder in leadership and you kind of lose yourself over time. If, if you don't stay honest with yourself, you know, you might eventually lose yourself. Uh, so uh, can you unpack this one a little bit? Yeah, some people are on a career path, not because it's something that they personally desire or because 
it's something that they they are planning for, but simply because it's something that somebody else would do in their circumstance. So, you know, well, the next logical path is I take this management role, then I take that management role, then I move over to this division, then I go here and I go there, and eventually maybe I'll get to this place I want to be. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that if if your objective is just to climb a career ladder and build up a meaningful life, right? Outside of that, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think that there are many people who end up in places they never intended to go simply because they're not being true to themselves and they're not being true to their own unique calling, what's being called out of them uniquely. Instead, they're just doing what everybody else would do in their circumstance. So I think it's really important to understand who you are and how you're wired. I had a great conversation with Richard Heitner, who was the global vice chair of Saatchi and Saatchi. And he said, you know, most of his career, he spent trying to pursue that CEO role, kind of being in the spotlight, being the person in charge, making all the decisions, establishing the vision. And then he got that role, you know, CEO of a publicly traded company. And he realized this is not what I'm wired for. You know, I'm a really great COO. I'm a really great number two, but I'm not a great number one. That's not how I'm wired. And he said it took him almost his entire career to figure that out, that what he's really great at is driving alignment, you know, establishing operations, helping people accomplish the vision of the CEO, but not being the person necessarily setting that vision. That's a really difficult thing to accept for a lot of people because they, you know, they're told you're crazy. If you don't want to be the the CEO, you're crazy. As a matter of fact, some organizations will tell you if you don't eventually aspire to be CEO of this company, then we don't want you here, right? Because they want a bloodbath on the way to the top. Um, and that I just think that that's really unhealthy. So you have to be honest. You have to be true to yourself. Be honest with yourself about who you are, what you're capable of, and don't live by ghost rules that other people set for you. But have a clear sense in your mind, in your in your own ambition about what it is you're you're aiming for and and go after that and don't feel the need to apologize to other people awesome well one of the final topics that i wanted to talk about that you mentioned in your talk and also in your book is uh productive passion what does that mean so we often hear this phrase follow your passion tossed around and i think for a lot of people when they hear that they think oh i want to go do things i like all day um, you know, I like ice cream, so I'm going to start an ice cream store or, you know, I like professional sports, so I'm going to write a sports blog or something, right? Like that's what they, they think it means. But in reality, the word passion comes from the root word pate, which means to suffer, right? So follow your suffering doesn't have quite the same ring to it. It's not quite as attractive, but that's actually what follow your passion means. It means there is an outcome that you are so committed to that you are willing, if necessary, to suffer in order to achieve it. And we've all experienced this at some point. We've gotten so caught up in doing something that even through the discomfort, through the pain, through all the time and toil and sweat and everything it takes us, the outcome matters so much that we're willing to persist in the face of that discomfort in order to see that outcome. Well, I think many of us lose sight of that. We lose sight of that unique productive passion that is operating beneath the surface of our lives. But if we look, we can identify some patterns. We can find some clues in our life when we felt especially alive, when we've been willing to give that discretionary energy to the work, maybe that, that at other times we haven't been willing to give. 
Well, often that's because you've tapped into some productive passion, some underlying motivation that animates you in a unique way. So I think what I would encourage people, especially younger professionals to do, is to pay attention to what I call the notables. Pay attention to those patterns in your life, those moments when you come alive, those moments when you put a little more energy into something than you probably needed to. Well, what what is common among those things? Maybe, maybe for you, it's I cannot leave a problem unsolved. Maybe for you, it's I you know I'm uh, I come alive when I'm working with underdogs. I just love a great underdog story, and I just you know I put more energy into it when I'm working with a David taking on a Goliath. Right? I don't know what it is for you. But it's helpful to identify that because tapping into that is a tremendous resource as you aspire to build a body of work that you can point to with pride. Mm. And so, Todd, as we wrap up this discussion, um, with all the work that you you are doing and with all the books that you've written, what is one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners? Uh, you know, whether they're young professionals just starting out in the workforce or in or in school or about to go into school, what is one advice do you have? For them in in uh, unleashing your best at work every day. So about twenty years ago, I was in a meeting and we were making a really pretty risky decision about a project. There were millions of dollars on the line, and I I think the person leading the meeting could tell that we were all a little nervous about the project, a little nervous about what it could imply uh, for the organization. And out of the blue, he just asked a a very strange question. He said, "What do you think is the most valuable land in the world?" I was like, I don't know, it's weird. I don't know. And so we all sort of looked at each other and threw out a bunch of guesses. And he said, no, you're all wrong. And then he was quoting the late Miles Monroe. He said, the most valuable land in the world is the graveyard, because in the graveyard are buried all of the unwritten novels, all of the unexecuted ideas, all of the unreconciled relationships, all of the value that people carried with them their entire life. And they thought, you know, tomorrow's the day I'm going to get moving on that. Tomorrow's the day I'm going to put that into motion. So they pushed it and they pushed it and they pushed it until one day, they reached the bookend of their life and all those tomorrows ran out. And that struck me in a really profound way. I went back to my office and I wrote two words on an index card and put them in my notebook and I put them on the wall of my office. And those two words were die empty because I want to know when I reach the bookend of my life that I'm not taking my best work to the grave. I'm doing everything I can every day to put something into the world that's going to be of use to other people. Your work is not for you. Your work is for other people. And if you approach your life with that ethic, that what I have inside of me is not for me, it's for other people, it's for me to give away, to add value. If you approach your life with that ethic and you put consistently put work into the world every day that you can point to with pride, over time, you will build a body of work you can, you can be proud of. And someday when your tomorrows run out, you can point to that body of work with pride and you can hopefully die empty of regret, but full of satisfaction for a life well lived. So that would be my advice is strive to die empty. All right. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for your time and really the great discussion and insights on uh, really how to unleash your best work every day. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Cameron. Wow. We hope you really enjoyed this podcast interview with Todd Henry. If you want to find out more about Todd Henry and the work that he's doing, you can connect with him at toddhenry.com and uh, you can subscribe to his newsletter, check out all the books that he has out available and some more of his content. Um, We really hope you enjoyed this podcast interview. And if you want to find out more about the work that Travis and I are doing, you can check out our website, tcadvisorygroup.com. 
Again, our website is tcadvisorygroup.com. You can check out more leadership resources that we have available and also our previous podcast episodes as well. And feel free to check out our new podcast that we launched, the Executive Leadership Podcast, which is on all podcast streaming platforms. So thank you so much for tuning in and your support, and we will catch you on the next episode.